55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's right. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right, back with you live on the air. What's up? I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. And we stay connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Say it after me, C Spire, customer Inspired. What's up? Glad to be with you on this Thursday. Yeah, so what happened? Say what? Odell Beckham Jr. slapped who on the where? Huh? (laughs) That and more on today's show. You can be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you today. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. So let me recount the ways. Let me count the ways. What's that a line from? That's a line from a poem. How do I love thee? I don't. That's it. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Yeah. How can you get in touch with me? Let me recount the ways. (laughs) Recount. What is this, an election? All right. So uh, you can call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line. It is 995-1059. Hit me up there. 995-1059. That is the number to the Divinity Equipment phone. Text the show at 885-ESPN. Love to hear from you that way also. i got the text line up. It's 885-ESPN. Look, look, <laughs> the texts are rolling in already. Gator Nation said, right, oh, he's the first text we got today. Matt, LSU should be on probation five years, no bowls for two years. Multiple students took money while in uniform, and it's all on tape. Woo! Dad, gummit, Gator Nation. There's a lot in that text. I think they're former players <laughs> as of the end of that game. Hey, in one capacity or another. Well, you joke, but look, Joe Burrow, who got on the radio interview with Barstool Sports and said, yeah, I got money from Odell after the game, but I'm not a student athlete anymore. I can take whatever I want. <laughs> He's won, but then there's a story out today. What is it? Seven more LSU Tigers Declaring for the NFL draft. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Receiver Justin Jefferson. Leading tackler on defense, Jacob Phillips. The nation's top defensive back, Grant Delpit. Center Lloyd Cushenberry. Left tackle Sadiq Charles from Jackson. Inside linebacker Patrick Green. All announced their decisions to turn pro yesterday. And, hey, I don't know if that's the last one or not. I mean, we'll have to wait and see if there are others. They're losing a lot. So we joke, but at least one or two of those guys in that video getting money from Odell. 
um, went ahead and declared uh, for the NFL draft. So there you go. We'll take your text. Tweet me at Radio Wyatt. Hey to everybody who's watching on the streams on Twitter, Periscope, and on Facebook. Amy and Dustin and Brandon and Dorothy and Michael and everybody else. Brandon is first on Facebook asking if there's any news on a defensive coordinator. Nothing yet, but I will uh, let you know as soon as we hear anything. Okay, so, I, I mean, you talk about just an incredible 48 hours. The 48, no, it's Thursday, so it's more than that. For LSU fans and the team and everything. I mean, just look at all this. Ross Dellinger, who you've heard on this show before. Ross with Sports Illustrated now and formerly of, uh, where was he before? The Baton Rouge Advocate. So he's he's in he's in Baton Rouge now, and he's been there for a while. And he tweeted a little bit ago. Listen, he said, y'all, I've told you before that the LSU beat, meaning he's a beat writer, covers the school and the team. He said, the LSU beat's different than anything I've ever yeah, experienced yeah, before. You got to specify on the LSU. Yeah, you do, don't you? <laughs> the LSU beat, different he said, than anything I've ever experienced. I've been telling you that, and now you're starting to see a little bit <laughs> a little bit of it. <laughs> so I don't even know where to start. Now, you do have the players leaving, but let's go to this Odell Beckham Jr. thing here. He's having a good time, wasn't he? Having a good time, and Roger, he did make it by himself, and not make it about himself. That's one thing that everybody agrees on. It is an, another, I, I would call it a mitigating characteristic of Odell Beckham Jr. With all the talent, it's one of those things that knocks him back a little bit is this just incredible, insatiable appetite to make everything about himself that usually spells disaster for teams. It usually spells disaster, not disaster, but underachievement for teams. And when you have really one or two, let alone several, but certainly one primary member of your team who just doesn't care about the team. It's all about me. And you can say what you want, but you look at the talent that LSU had when he was in college. What, two best receivers in the country on the same team? I mean, it's a lot like Ole Miss there for a little while when they had A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf on the field at the same time. Prior to that, LSU had Odell Beckham Jr. on one side and had Jarvis Landry on the other and had, uh, who was the quarterback that transferred in? I've, I've drawn a blank on the name. Y'all would remember who it was. But they underachieved. They did. I mean, they were pretty good, but they underachieved. They did. Would you say the New York Giants underachieved while Odell Beckham Jr. was there? Yeah. They were never as good as they should have been. And they were constantly distracted because of that guy. What about the Browns? Would you say that they underachieved this year? I mean, you could argue, but look, they had a lot of preseason hype. They did. Spent a lot of money on their roster. They got a first-round quarterback. You know, this whole thing. You say they probably underachieved. They weren't any good. And uh, a few times already this year, he's done his best, his doggone to make it all about him, make it about himself. And in this situation... With the policeman in the locker room and with giving out the money, he makes it all about him. That is established. You can't argue it. It is a fact. But, and here comes the but. 
like but, big butts. Right. This is a big butt. But there's a pun in here somewhere, Roger. The 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 incidents it really is, yeah. the incidents after this game are separate. Okay, the handing out money that now LSU has investigated and established was real cash, where he's given the hundred dollar handshakes to the LSU players with all the cameras rolling while the confetti fell down on the field. Okay, I mean it's just like it's something out of SMU in the eighties. Okay, it it is what it is. That's that's separate from this thing now where they're trying to arrest him. And I've seen the video. And so with everything that I've established that you likely agree with regarding Odell Beckham Jr., I still have to say, yes, it was Zach Mettenberger. Thank you very much. That was who the quarterback was, Mettenberger at LSU. With everything else being said, you have to say that I have to say this. The idea that this policeman in the LSU locker room would cause such a big stink over what Odo Beckham Jr. did. Slapped him on the butt. Slapped him on the rear end. OBJ slapped the policeman on the rear end. It's he video. Made him look like a fool. Hey, and look, it's on video so we can all see it. So there's no there's no exaggerating the the intent or the strength of the hit or how it was delivered or anything. It was playful. Roger, wouldn't you agree that it was a playful slap him on the butt? Yeah. Like, if you're in the locker room after somebody's just won the national championship, expect a little exuberance. And if, especially if you're going to be Debbie Downer in there, you know. Yeah. I know when he grows up, he wants to be a real police officer. <laughs> well, but, and, uh, but he, and you know that he felt humiliated. Well, I'm sure he did. And, but and that's, all a, this. that's a personal problem. Well, that's it, Roger. And here's my thing about it. Okay. He's a policeman. He's in the winning celebratory locker room of the national championship game in New Orleans. Okay. Gotta be lucky he's there. So there's some things that go along with that. Now, people would say they were they had lit cigars. It's a smoke free facility. Therefore, they gotta go and enforce it. And if you want to tell me, hey Matt, this is a, you know, policeman who's got a boss telling him you guys go in there and do your job and tell him to put those things out okay fine okay whatever if that's what you're telling me but when it gets to the point of in a playful way which happens all the time athletes that pop each other on the rear end at a boy it's just it's been it's just part of what you do is you pat him on the back fist bump high five you know, slap hands, and every now and then, bang, right on the rear end. Attaboy. <laughs> it's just what but, you do. But this is made more ridiculous by a little added nuance and that the, the officer first tried to stick him with sexual battery. Okay, that's where I'm going with this, Roger. So now, come on, man. We can all see the video and see that it's playful. So there really should be no charge of anything in this deal. It's not at all malicious. If, if Odell Beckham Jr. does that to one of his teammates, it's just normal every day. If he hits one of the guys on the LSU team on the rear end, way to go, congrats, it's normal every day. But he does it to the policeman who's in the locker room. Odell Beckham Jr. acting a little, you know, he's feeling himself in there. You know, he's he's having a good time. So he does you- it to the policeman. And the policeman wants to turn this into, number one, it was malicious intent. Number two, it's illegal. Number three, I want this guy arrested. 
And it's true, Roger. You kind of touched on it. If you wanted to make him a sexual offender, that's a that is a big deal. I just you, don't, I mean, what is if he had been could, successful in that for slapping him on the butt, he would have to register for the rest of his life. What could possibly have been behind it is kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay, let's step aside for a minute. I'm gonna. This guy has a bigger ego than Odell. That's the problem. So on the surface, we everything we've said is true. On the surface, everything in our take on this is the same as everybody else, and it should be. And it's ridiculous. Okay, it's playful. It's not malicious. You could see it on video. I mean, what's going on? Now let's step back. Was something said beforehand that already had the policeman hot under the collar? Did something happen after this that's not on video that would lead us to believe, okay, the policeman, maybe they had some confrontation, and so now he's determined to make Odell Beckham pay for this? Or, speaking of pay, is this a thing where you know you would try to, I don't know, have a charge or figure out a way to sort of blackmail a multi-million dollar athlete? I mean, what is it? Because it can't be just what happened. It, it just can't be. Well, if you watch the video, he's turning from Odell facing in that direction, like he like there had been something said, and then he turns around and starts going at this guy. It's almost like you think Odell was telling him leave him alone or something. The guy turns around, and then when he turns around, Odell just pops him in the butt. Yeah, that's what that's what looked like to me when I watched from start to finish what was on there. But I wonder what happened afterward. Did everybody kind of something happen after ridicule the guy? They had to have. I mean, something had to have happened after this, before it and after, for him to take that incident that you can see and want to turn that into sexual battery, turn it into assault. Because the judge, as I understand it, he wanted to take he wanted the sexual battery charge and then the judge says no. And so now they're gonna go assault or something like that. Yeah. Let me go to the text line here real quick. Nick at 885ESPN says, uh, OBJ is an idiot and shouldn't have done that. But the cop had no business being in there anyway. I'm all for law enforcement, but some of them need to learn the word discretion. Let the kids enjoy their big win. Why is a cop... Very wise. Yeah. Why is a policeman in the winning locker room trying to enforce anything within minutes after the game being over? Kevin... On the text line says, people are saying the officer shouldn't be in the locker room. He was assigned to be in the locker room doing his job. OBJ was drunk off his rear end and deserves whatever he gets. That wasn't a, quote, we just want a natty type slap. It was an, quote, I'm immature slap. So different take on it there. So, I, you know, I just disagree discretion. with discretion. I liked what the other guy said. Discretion. I just disagree discretion. with Kevin on the idea that okay, maybe it was immature, but again, it's not malicious. Kevin, if you even kind of read what you texted, we may disagree on a couple of things. All right. If he's supposed to if that's his job is to be in that locker, that's his job. Then he's in there, you know, trying to do his job. Okay, I get it. If his job dictates I don't care if they won the national championship or not. They can't light a cigar or anything smoking-related in this building. Okay, well then, if that's the case, he's doing his job. But to go so far as, even if he is drunk, 
It wasn't malicious. It can be immature, but it wasn't malicious. And Odell Beckham slaps the, the policeman on the rear end. You don't run into drunks often in New Orleans. But why <laughs> take that to the point of we're going to get the guy arrested for that? That's what I'm saying. I can't I, I can't figure out how you could justify that. That's all I'm saying. Ghost Texter says, would the same policeman be doing the same thing if Drew if it was Drew Brees after a Super Bowl win in the Superdome? The mad male person says the policeman must have been a Clemson fan. <laughs> <laughs> Eric says, um, the policeman just wanted to get paid, big money. He's just ready to retire. BB. That can be arranged, I'm sure. BB says, come on. If the guy in Georgia pats the anchors in the marathon and gets arrested, then uh, OBJ definitely gets arrested. BB, I don't even know what that's about. What happened? I have no idea what that is. I know you're comparing it to something. I just don't know that other story. Well, you you remember on the I bet the a couple of years ago in the championship game when the Clemson player used what I call the clutch maneuver. Yeah, it was right there on camera. Mm. That was a that was a healthy swat in that area. But during the game, yeah. But I mean, still, it was, well, no sexual right. assault charges were filed. No assault, and not going to be. No. Okay, so again, an unnamed texter said, I agree, this is stupid, but what happened to the guy that slapped the lady on the butt in the marathon race? Look, run and tell the PC people, I don't care. There's a difference between a guy slapping a guy in the butt in celebration versus two people who aren't on the same team, and one happens to be a woman, and the guy slaps a woman on the butt. I'm sorry, it's different. That's what I'm maybe saying. she shouldn't be in the locker room. Not that that's the case there, but well, but even if she is, you don't slap a woman on the butt. There's no, no there, you just don't do it. No, but she's going to see and hear some things. Uh, Ghost texter says uh, they want to dismiss the legal aspect so it can become a civil case and then settle, and that means money. Well, if that's the case, then it is despicable, and it's dishonest. I don't think a jury. I, I sure wouldn't settle if I was Odell because the jury's not going to give that guy a dime. Well, and you, unless there's something else in there, you've got video Especially evidence. Especially a jury in New Orleans. But you've got vis- video evidence unless there's something else in there. No. Peanut Butter Falcon on the text line says, whoever had a non-smoking policy is to blame. What idiot is going to host a national championship game and not <laughs> expect some smoking uh, in the locker room? You know, again, on on that, um, if that is the job, I can understand it. If it is by the letter of the law, the job that you have signed on to agree to do, and your paycheck is supposedly dependent on that, and it says, I don't care what the deal is, you can't smoke in this building, even in the locker room. Okay, well, he's doing his job. Because he may have to go back and report, and they go, well, they were smoking cigars in there. What would y'all do? Well, I told them they couldn't do it. They did it anyway. What do you want me to do? Arrest the whole winning football team? So there may be some CYA in there. Again, another pun in here. But this deal of whether it's a player, a coach, a stranger, or a former player, in this case OBJ, who is an idiot, who is 
off his rocker most of the time. Who always makes things about himself. It's he, awkward to be defending him. He it is awkward. He the cameras follow him around and he knows it. Anywhere OBJ goes, he knows everybody gets out their phone and films everything he's doing. But that pat on the behind did not and does not warrant the subsequent reaction of the policeman. And that is to arrest him at all, first of all, much less to initially we're going to turn this thing into a sexual thing. We're going to tag a a sexual assault tag on this deal. I can see the video, and that's nuts. It's crazy. What's funny is this: that guy, the police officer, thought he was the alpha male in that room. Yeah. Well, but I'll say this, Roger. He is a police officer. Yeah. Okay, and he is the authority wherever he goes, whether I like it or you like it. Okay, he's the authority in the locker room. Yeah, he is. But at the same time, it's also real life. And you don't take what happened and run back and say, well, now we're going to charge this guy. I want to arrest him for sexual assault or something. That's lunacy. Obviously, this guy... He's got something wrong with him because he's obviously trying to abuse his authority. I mean, it's clear. He tried to really put the screws to this guy. Yeah. To Adele. Mike on Facebook says he had no right to touch him. He had no right to touch him. I think we can agree with that while at the same time saying that the way in which OBJ touched him does not require arrest. It doesn't call for arrest. And it's in no way sexual. And that's what they tried to stick him with. Both sides are wrong. Stick around. Back on the show. The Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Lots of text reaction to the story. QB1 in the text line says the policeman probably got back to work, was surrounded by a bunch of other cops who saw the video, and they encouraged him to file charges because that's what he says cops do. They arrest people. There's a mindset that comes with being a cop, and that mindset can lead to being overly strict and uptight. That's from if you're Q- a hammer. Everything's a nail. That's from QB1 on the text line. Um, Ghost Texter says the cop is going overboard, but no one is entitled to slap. And I'm assuming he's saying slap a policeman on the... In this case. And, you know, that's right. You're not entitled to be able to do it. Now, I do want to go... And maybe I missed this. I want to go to a comment that is here on uh, the Facebook live stream. Hey to everybody watching on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt if um, you ever want to go and see a video stream. BJ says after he slapped him on the rear end, he squared up with the police officer. How is that not malicious? And if I'm overlooking that, then I apologize. But I I didn't see that myself when I saw it. I was watching it on my phone. I think it was maybe on Twitter earlier. Um, and I didn't see what looked, you know, when you say squaring, when I, when I hear squaring up, I hear, okay, you know, I step up, you step up, we're chest to chest. And it's like, okay, let's go whenever, 
to me, that's squaring up. I mean, just standing there looking at a guy, that's squaring up. But again, here's what I'm going back to, BJ. The details of this story are that initially when a decision was made based on what happened in this incident to go after the arrest of OBJ over it, they tried to charge him with a sexual crime. Right? Or we're going to, and a judge told him don't do it or or threw that out or whatever. That's that's out of line, too. That is not reality. I mean, for on the law enforcement side of it, you feel like you have grounds to arrest someone or charge someone and try to go arrest them based on the law. Then, by the letter of the law, go do your job. But under no circumstance should we be because we're mad about what happened or emotional about it in some way, going and trying to charge with somebody that something that is a hopped up type of charge just because we can, that's wrong. Also, that's also, we don't, the the policeman is not entitled to be able to do that. That's, that's kind of my point. That's why I finished the first segment saying they're both wrong in this. A lot of people have commented and said that, you know, it wasn't a playful thing or or whatever. Uh, BJ said it wasn't a playful thing. How can we, how can you look at that and say it wasn't a playful thing? I mean, are we to say really that OBJ is trying to start a physical fight with a policeman in the locker room? Is that what he, is that what we're saying? Because if he wasn't, then guess what it was? It was playful. Like Roger said, it's a weird spot to be standing here defending Odell Beckham. I'm not defending what he did. It was dumb. And he's not entitled to put his hands on a policeman. No, I mean, you know, to hit him, certainly in a malicious way, but in a playful way, okay, what is the law? What would you do to anybody else in that situation? Just do that. But don't run back and come back and say you're going to charge OBJ with a sexual assault deal. That doesn't even make any sense. That's what I'm saying. Gator Nation. Policeman should not be in the locker room. He should be outside the locker room. You know, now that I think about it, Gator Nation. um, For his own safety. It's been so long since I played. I'm trying to remember back on it, what, 20 years ago. I don't remember. There were, you know. Almost every time you've got security and, and police around the team, and, and you're right, they're almost always at the door, at the entrances into the locker room, and they're basically making sure no one can get in there. You know, or some crazy person tries to come in and pull a stunt. They, they make sure of that. They're kind of there for the protection of the team. And... Um, I don't remember any instances where we actually had policemen, you know, in the locker room sort of keeping an eye on us. I don't remember anything like that. You know, if I'm trying to think of something, we never won a national championship. We won the SEC Western Division my junior year of college. That that would be 1998. And we'd put ourselves in a position, but we needed to – Remove it was in our hands. We needed to remove all doubt by winning the Egg Bowl, and we did so by winning the Egg Bowl. It was in Oxford that 
locked up the Western Division for us. We knew we were going to play in Atlanta. And in the celebration at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, we were in the visitor's locker room. Uh, I remember there were cigars, you know, celebratory cigars. Our locker room was full of smoke. And um, I don't remember us. I don't remember, you know, getting in trouble for that. A lot of teams do that kind of thing. Here's Derek on the text line. He says, Matt, if this was anyone else that slapped this cop's rear end, it wouldn't have been reported. This is what you have to deal with when you have a past of controversial behaviors. Stop drawing attention to yourself, OBJ. That's a deep thought, but it's very, very accurate. You know, I think I think it is very accurate. And it was just another example on that particular night of things that OBJ was doing to try to, you know, put the spotlight on himself, even though all he is is a former player. He didn't have anything to do with LSU's national title. But he sure wanted to be there in the celebration and, and have all eyes on him, did he not? No doubt. Here we go. On Twitter, Davey. I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter if y'all want to see it. Davey says, Matt, can we talk about the defensive coordinator at MSU or something else? OBJ is getting exactly what he wants, publicity, good or bad. Um, and and I think you know, you're know you probably right about that. He, he is always looking for a way to bring attention on himself. Um, yeah, and I agree. I thought about that, Davey. I did think about it at one point when I was getting ready for today's radio show. And we're not going to talk about it for two hours. I mean, we just got started. But I thought about that. I thought, well, maybe I should just, you know, ignore it. But it's not, this show is not about what I want. Okay? It's about um, what the listeners of this show want and what the listeners of this show might be interested in or might care about or might be entertained by for, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes of their commute from the office to go get lunch. And then later today when they're headed back. You know, that's really what it's about. And just to be frank with you, I think at this point on this Thursday, trying to drum up a little more talk about the defensive coordinator position at State, I think even there are a good portion of State fans that are tired of it. Just tell me who it is, when it is, and we'll move on from there. But I appreciate the text very much. Okay, and a few more texts uh, on the subject. Uh, Back to Kevin. We kind of disagreed a little earlier. Kevin said, I'm not saying he should be thrown in jail. I'm saying he deserves to get negative press because of the fool that he is. And That's true. Yeah, and you know, Roger, it really is negative press for him. It's just people like Davey are arguing, look, negative press or positive press, it's still press. And and I get that. I understand that. And last thing on it, Hogjowl says, OBJ was bombed. And I wouldn't be happy if someone popped me on the butt who I didn't know. (laughs) But you know, Hog Zhao, most likely you wouldn't go and try to charge them with sexual assault. That's just craziness right there. That's what that is. I mean, let's look at the whole thing in terms of reality instead of the opposite, which is never good. It never works out good. All right, moving on. Put that to bed. Coming up. Some guys are coming back to Starkville to play next year, and it's a big, big deal. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Walker.
Chattanooga. There's old Danny boy. He was smoking when he said that, by the way. Well, it wasn't lit, though. Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm still not. I mean, is it is it bad for you, if it, even if it isn't, isn't lit? Easy for me to say. Can't be as bad as smoking. <laughs> no, that's right. Back on the show, I'm Matt. I got some uh, coffee in the cup today. Plenty of it, too. Left over from earlier today from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Go to highpointroasters.com, get some coffee. Have y'all tried it? If you ever, if you heard that and you did try some High Point Roasters coffee, I'd love to know what you think. Kind of get your feedback. Hit me up. Dan the Coffee Man, Dan Skinner and the folks at High Point, they'll ship it right to your house. High Point Roasters in New Albany. I hear the name Roasters a lot of times, Roger. It reminds me of, remember Kenny Rogers Roasters Restaurants? Yeah, that chicken mess you up. <laughs> Comes from a, a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> see, it was uh, it go Kenny Rogers Roasters. It's the wood that makes it good. <laughs> <laughs> and we had one of those uh, in Montgomery. We used to go to it when I was in high school. It was good. It really was. You walk in and they had those big chickens on rotisserie turning back in there in the wood oven. You could watch them. You could sit there and go, I want that one right there. That one. No, that's the one I want. Yep, give me that one. It was good food. He was on the rotisserie wagon before anybody else. Well, he had to get into something other than music to support his plastic surgery habit. <laughs> Dad, gum, you seen that guy? Bless their hearts. Look, I'll be honest. I'm one of these people that I look at it and I go, I would never do that. Number one, I wouldn't do it. Under any circumstances, I would not do it. I had a guy several years ago looked at me and he said hey I can straighten your nose up I've broken my nose twice in my life Roger if you couldn't tell once in pickup baseball and once in a high school basketball game he said I can fix your nose I'm like I ain't doing that I am not doing it so one I wouldn't do it but two it's easy for me to say that because I don't have gobs and gobs of money just laying around to throw at stuff and these celebrities do. See, that's what I think. These people who've had way too much uh, plastic surgery, I think you look at them and go, well, just another sign of you give somebody enough money, they're going to find something stupid to do with it. You see Linda Ronstadt lately? No. She she's, was out uh, commenting on the, something about Trump, I think. And But my goodness, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't recognize her. And I realized there's something odd that, because she was talking and her face wasn't moving. Uh-huh. Well, gum. It's like you pull a string on a Chatty Cathy doll. <laughs> you know, and what really bugs me, too, is like I see people who don't need it and don't need the Botox. They don't need it. But they just feel like they want to do it. And they, they like I know some women that, pri- that they, they were much prettier prior to that than after. <laughs> I would never name them because you'd never find me. But I think they know who they are. Okay, as I mentioned it, there was breaking news yesterday that is a big, big deal for Mississippi State football. You want to be a part of the show? 885-ESPN-995-1059 is the Divinity Equipment phone line. They announced it yesterday that Kylan Hill and Errol Thompson are returning 
for their senior years of football, they're both going to play on Mike Leach's first team. Why is that such a big deal? Listen, it's a big deal. Now, you could sit here all day and argue which one of those is is more of a big deal for State. Look, Kylan Hill is the leading returning rusher in the SEC. He averaged more per game than anybody else in the SEC, and that was on an offense that was not, you know, a real well-oiled machine for most of, if not all of the year. It's a big deal for State. And it's not just because of what Kylan adds to your off, not just because of that, and that's a big part of it. But it's not just what Kylan adds to your offense. It's a whole lot about what you wouldn't have if you didn't have Kylan Hill. Now, here's what I mean. You know, Nick Gibson was your backup running back who was very good. Watch him play in the Egg Bowl. You know, Nick, when he was healthy this year, was very good, but he was a senior. So this past year, you had a junior and a senior getting all the carries for the most part outside of Nick Weatherspoon, who got uh, – not Nick Weatherspoon. Weatherspoon. Lee Weatherspoon, the number 22, the freshman running back, who got some carries throughout the year, a few. But with Nick Gibson graduating and Kylan Hill – Supposedly for the last month, we've thought he's going to the NFL. You were looking at a situation where the running back position, even though it's not going to be a run-heavy offense, the running back position was going to have little to no experience. There's a transfer there who was a Division I transfer signee who had to sit out this past year, but hasn't played it down yet at Mississippi State. Hasn't carried the load yet four quarters in a ballgame, let alone 12 times in a year. You had young players. That's it. In terms of if Kylan Hill doesn't come back, in terms of any experience carrying the football for this team, it was only the freshman Lee Weatherspoon who had probably the fourth or fifth most carries on the team this past year. So the inexperience was really going to be glaring at that position. So now if he's healthy throughout the year, you don't have to deal with that because it's going to be Kylan Hill. It's good for Kylan. He gets a chance to do some things he didn't do in previous offense. He's going to catch the ball more. He's going to catch screens more in the open field, that kind of stuff. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Errol Thompson coming back. Goes without saying, coach of your defense, quarterback of your defense, middle linebacker, play caller. He's the get him lined up guy. Had some injuries he's had to fight through this year. Um, had to miss the bowl game, obviously, because of that. But the leader on that side of the ball, hands down, will be the leader, the oldest guy over there. It's so important because Willie Gay made the decision to go to the NFL. So if Errol didn't come back, you're really young at that position at linebacker. Now you're not nearly as young. So it's about keeping those guys healthy. I just think that when I saw that news yesterday, I thought, boy, of all the recruits (laughs) that you're bringing in, and we talk about recruiting, None more important than those two players right there. Errol Thompson on one side and Kylan Hill on the other coming back to play next year. That's a big, big deal for Mississippi State. All right, over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Wilson hanging on. What's up, Wilson? Okay, all right. Uh, I just got some comments about Linda Ronstadt, y'all. Uh, I think Roger mentioned her 
few minutes ago. I'm not really sure who that is, to be honest with you. She's a singer. You don't know you don't know Linda Ron. Blue by you, that's her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and a bunch Great of great singer, no doubt. Yeah. In fact, uh Glenn Fry and um Don um from of the uh the Eagles, Don Henley of the Eagles started out in her band as uh a drummer and guitar player. Wilson, so anyway. I can I can uh I can tell you're a big fan of Linda Ronstadt. And I- hey, yeah, but anyway, no but listen, <laughs> I'm not about her political beliefs and all that. She's very liberal and okay. all that. So I I like her music but not okay. not her beliefs. Right. Anyway, anyway, the 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 uh thing about her physical appearance Back in 2013, she was diagnosed with, with what she thought was Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease. But then later it was uh, changed to a diagnosis of, and I've never heard of this before, progressive supranuclear palsy, uh, which is a degenerative disease involving the deterioration and death of specific volumes of the brain. I'm reading off of Wikipedia. Condition leads to symptoms such as loss of balance, slowing of movement, difficulty moving the eyes, and dementia. Um, and she also, she no longer can sing. Uh, she doesn't do public appearances and all that because of this condition. Okay, because, because of the condition. You know, so that, that explains her physical appearance to Roger. Okay. But like I said, you know, I like her music, but not her other uh, beliefs and everything. But you need to... Pull her up on iHeartRadio and listen to some of her, her music. She gets, she's, she's been on the, started out with uh, her backup band was the Stone Ponies. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what a name. I remember. But, uh, anyway, she, you know, listen to some of her music. Okay. She's got a great right. voice. You know, okay. But don't, do. don't, don't listen to her political beliefs and all okay. that. Okay. All, right. all right. That's all I had. Thanks, Wilson. Okay. Appreciate it, bud. Bye. Bye. What do you call them? The Stone Ponies? Were right. they the stone ponies, or was there were they stoned? No, no, no D. No D. Okay. Now, if the ponies were stoned, or if they were just made of stone, <laughs> there's a difference, you know. <laughs> there is a difference. Boyd on Facebook says, "Let's talk about how Kylan Hill fits in Mike Leach's offense." Boyd, I posted a ah, just about nine, ten play film study of some of Mike Leach's offense at Washington State. I posted it last night. It's on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Matt Wyatt Media. It's also, there's a link there on my Twitter feed. You'll see it if you just go look at what I've tweeted, the recent tweets there, at Radio Wyatt. It's You can just watch even just a handful of plays from the last couple of years and see how hard they were to game plan for it and because they're so unpredictable, the stuff they do. And, man, they shovel passes to running back, screen over here, screen over there, inside zone, and then throwing it vertical up the field. They're really hard to prepare for at Washington State for sure. Hey, just getting started. That wraps up hour one, hour two. Right around the corner, we'll check in with Jim Dunaway. Stick around. <laughs> 